Hello and welcome to another episode of Tracy Takes On, the podcast or broadcast for all things political. My name is Tracy. Um, as usual, I'm joined by Charles and Randy, but we have two new people in the room tonight. Um, we have Talisha and William, and I'll let them briefly introduce themselves first. And William, you can go first since all we see is your lovely picture. <laughs> Very well. Uh, my name is Will. I am a software guy for like the last 40 years. Uh, I consider myself a libertarian politically, but uh, I've never really had very much strong opinion except um, doing what's right by people. Okay, and how about you, Talisha? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Talisha Conklin. Uh, I am a progressive through and through. Um, used to be one of the uh, low information voters uh, until 2016 happened. And then I started consuming all things independent media and learning about what progressives are, what they're about, and what they want to do for the country, for the world. And I decided, sign me up. So I, unlike William, am very boisterous. <laughs> and uh, I'm here to uh, give my opinion and hopefully engage in some really good, healthy dialogue. Well, I'm glad you guys can join us. We're gonna have a very light, heavy slash heavy discussion. The first thing I want to discuss is of course, this is picking up on our um, topic of last week, the idiot of the week. All three of us picked Trump and I think he's continuing his shenanigans this week. He still will not concede the election. Um, he came close in a couple of tweets but then he kind of took it back. And I don't know whether he's teetering on sanity, insanity, or just lunacy. But I'd like to know from you guys exactly what's wrong with him, who's talking to him, and who is there to tell him January 20th, it's over. <laughs> and anybody jump in. <laughs> Well, I think people have been trying to figure out Trump for the last four years. And I don't think clearly from what he's done, nobody's really got his ear. He does what he wants when he wants, depending on the mood he's at. He's obviously overly emotional, which makes him scary with what he's doing with the Pentagon right now. But, you know, he's I think the fear people have that he's not going to leave. He's going to leave. I think he indicated that at that press conference where he started to talk about not having a national lockdown and almost started to reference Biden and then caught himself and said, well, we'll see how it works out. I think in his own mind, he knows he's going. I said, I said when we started this, that he was preparing himself if he lost for a, a, a run again in 2024. So my guess is you have a press conference before he leaves saying, I didn't lose this. I won it. They stole it. And the fight continues and I'm running again. And he'll, he'll say that he'll file the paperwork to raise money. And we haven't seen the end of him. You realize he'll be 78, though, when he runs. Yeah, nobody's told him that yet, though. I mean, I, no one's... <laughs> let me Just try wanted to, to point that out, that he'll be 78 if he decides to run again. All, all I'm trying to suggest is we've been trying to rationalize him for the last four years, and we keep asking what's wrong with him. What's wrong with him is he's just Trump being Trump, and he'll continue to be Trump until he dies. Hmm. Well, I don't believe that he'll, the, the party will accept him in 2024. You know, they, 
went through too much to get rid of him now, although he did get a lot of votes. 74 but, million. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't running against Joe Biden. He was running against the, the, the COVID, the race issues, and the economy. And all those were bad. And that's pretty much uh, why he needed to go. Uh, he's going to have a lot of legal bat battles to deal with between now and four years from now. Because, you know, when you start running for president, you should start running for president right now. And he got too many legal issues that I don't think the party's gonna wanna deal with that again. Uh, he still won't concede. The uh, Secretary of State is making a tour around to I think seven countries today that all of them have congratulated uh, Biden for uh, becoming, you know, elected as as president. So I don't even know how he's being received in those countries uh, and why he's even doing it. He took his wife with him. So, you know, maybe he's doing a farewell tour, but you know, you, you just never know what's going on in these people's mind because uh, for the last four years, their history has been, you know, nothing that really is benefiting the whole country or is positive for the whole country. So, well, we got two people that haven't jumped in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll go. Um, yes, I think he'll leave. Trump's problem, I believe, um, it's not so much that he's just being Trump or this, that, and the other. I think he's been allowed his whole life to fail upward. Five to six bankruptcies, draft deferrals, horrible grades, somebody taking tests for you. Like he's been allowed to fail over and over. And he can't come to grips with the fact that he can't fudge this. He can't get someone to cover it for him. Every avenue he takes to try to steal this election has been slammed in his face. And so he's coming to grips with the fact that you don't get everything you want, no matter how long, eventually the Piper comes. And now the Piper is playing that music and it's time for him to walk his butt up out of there. And I'm a firm believer as a, a retired military member that if he doesn't voluntarily go, they will escort him out. So I, I'm not worried for our country in that vein. I think he will be gone. Um, do I think he'll come back in 2024? Possibly, but I think he's already lined up the road for the next Trump to come in, who will most likely be way smarter than him and not uh, release the game plan. Like he always does, it seems to kind of step on his own message and step on his own toes. So they'll be more effective and they'll probably be um, you know, able to um, push those authoritarian tendencies that he tried but couldn't accomplish. Uh, so Joe better do something with these next two to four years as we're going to be in trouble. Okay, William, your turn. Well, uh, I have not had the opportunity to speak in this forum before tonight. I'm going to say something possibly controversial. Trump did not win the election in 2016. 
he was elected because nobody wanted the other candidates. And it was just by a default. In this case, that same situation was coming ahead. I mean, they they put up... <sighs> Joe is not a bad candidate. <laughs> I'll say that. He's had a lot of experience. 47 years in the Senate, eight years as a vice president. Uh, admittedly, um, I would have really liked for him to have gone through and do any of the policies that he says he's known about that he can do and apply when he was already in an office to apply them. But hopefully he'll do it as a president. But because they did not put anyone more electable than Joe up on that ballot, that's why it was so close this time as well. Um, I personally don't feel Trump was really prepared as a president. He did not have the contacts. He did not have any of the support structure experience that other politicians have when they try and go for that office. And that really hurt him in every way possible. Every time he turned around, is he an intelligent person? That's possibly debatable, but he definitely lets his emotions take the better of him. And I agree the secret service when everything, all the all the counts come down and and it's all said and done, and when his time has come to leave the office, the Secret Service will just not drive him back to the White House when they pick him up in the morning. <laughs> the uh, one drawback we have is that he is now still going to be a past president with all the tax bills that are going to be associated with that. A lifetime of Secret Service detail. A uh, lifetime of certain perks that he's going to get because he was elected into the office, just like any of the other senators or representatives they get when they, quote unquote, retire. <laughs> but that being the case, uh, he still has a forum to make statements. Thankfully, that forum will be greatly mitigated and reduced as a past president. Um. But as for a 2024 election bid, I think it's very likely he's going to show up again, mostly because if we have any, we already have a precedent from Bloomberg. You give yourself a million, a billion dollars to the DNC, they'll put you on the debate within three weeks of the date. <laughs> so if he spends the money at the RNC or any other political party, they'll take him. By golly, they'll throw him up there just to get the cash. But absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and and what just broke, and I'm just kind of watching um the news here. Um, Trump has filed several, several lawsuits, and they keep getting thrown out, and they keep throwing getting thrown out. But the thing that's concerning to me is the way he's raising this money. There was a report that said that not only like a donor would think, oh, I'm giving money for the legal fees, but it's actually going into this new pack that he's trying to create. And I'm wondering, is there going to be some type of investigation to that? Um, I know it doesn't affect most of his donors because you have to give at the $5,000 level, but still there's that air of deception that he just, I don't know if it's just because his name is Trump, that he just keeps doing this, or is it just the Republican party like, okay, well, Screw it. We'll just let you do what we'll let you do. Well, one thing is legal. And the problem is he's got lawyers all over the place. It's legal what he's doing. I mean, you can't, 
raise money to file these lawsuits, but the fine print does say they can also be used for campaign debts. And he's not the only one that's done that. Um, and the way to fight that deception is for what you're doing right now and just educate people that, yeah, he can turn that around and pay debt off. And so we constantly run into, and we've talked about this before, about all the bad thing in politics that people do that are illegal, um, that just need to be under, overturned. You know, my, getting back to what Charles was saying about all the reasons why it was close and uh, coronavirus and the economy and all that, that's why I'm a lot more concerned about the 74 million people who voted for him than I am him. I mean, the fact that that many people voted for him after all the problems we've had with him scares me. And that's why I think whether it's one of his sons or whether it's him that runs in 2024, there is a huge element in our country that I think election night, I was so disappointed, even when I thought that Biden was going to win, that there could be that many people that still are so hateful and intolerant. It's a part of the country I thought we were getting past, which clearly we haven't. Biden got the... Biden got the greatest number of votes of any candidate and Trump got the second largest vote. And so whether he runs again or not, or whether his son runs or anyone like him runs, they have a huge base out there that we ought to be more concerned about than this individual by himself. And I just, you know, I really feel for Biden right now because what's going to happen is he's going to take office. He's got Problems greater than probably now, going back to the Great Depression. He was already involved in the economic crisis with um, Obama. And now he walks in on this one, which is probably even greater. And day one, the Republicans are going to try to stop him. Trump's going to be out there bashing him every single minute, trying to stop any progress we can make. And I, I voice William's concern about what's good for this country. I think so many people want him to fail that the people who voted for Biden we really need to step up and try to help him as much as we can because he's got a huge job in front of him and a ton of people who want to see him fail. True, but I also believe that Biden needs to help himself. Oh, yeah. And by helping himself means to listen to the predominant amount of this country. The predominant amount of this country wants Medicare for all. He needs to start listening. Most people want a Green New Deal because that creates jobs and it enhances our economy. He needs to start listening. And so if he keeps on doing it the same way we've always done it and people are already tired, that's why some of them were able to fall for the okie doke that was Trump with that populist message. And if he keeps trying to do it the way it's always been done, he's going to shoot himself in the foot and we will get that same Trump equivalent, but just not as dumb. And I don't think his kids will probably catch the fire he did because the simple fact is Trump has no coattails. So if you've noticed anybody that's tried to emulate his behavior, it's actually hurt them in the polling. But um, as far as someone else who probably has their own popularity in their own right, like I said, a Senator Tom Cotton or somebody like that, who's also smart, if he starts talking all that fake populism mess and all that America first mess, then, you know, it's very possible that Tom Cotton comes along and he's Trump times 10 because he's actually smart. All I'm suggesting is yeah. I, I ran for office of the Green Party in Bloomington, Indiana. I chaired the, the Green Party. I am part of the Green Party nationally. All I'm saying is we've got to give him a chance. I do, do not agree with everything that Joe Biden stands for. But right now he's president. I think we all need to give him a chance to fail before we say he's going to fail. Definitely, well, Trump, but have you heard his messaging leading up? 
like leading up to it, he's already just, just I'm sorry, I don't want to bogart the conversation. Let me be quiet. Go ahead. <laughs> and you need no, to get I'm just a tap in. Hold on a second, Brandy. I'm sorry. Um, Talisha, you need to get a little bit closer to the camera because I'm having difficulty hearing you. Okay, can you hear me now? I certainly can. And Charles, you go ahead because you were about to say something. Uh, I was about to say that, you know, Trump better be careful bashing Biden because now Biden's in a position to uh, release a whole lot of information on Trump that, uh, you know, uh, first of all, his, his tax returns, those are, you know, free game now that Biden's in, in office. And, it, it, you know, tr like I say, Trump's going to have a whole bunch of legal issues, criminal and civil. And it's going to be a while, you know, and you're not going to be wanting to run a candidate who's in the midst of having, uh, in the midst of investigations or, or charges, you know, tr Trump's legal issues aren't gonna go away on day one. Uh, it doesn't matter if he's, if he's uh, pardoned on federal, he still has a bunch of state charges too. And, 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 you know, they're out there ready for him. And that's, that's why I don't think that he'll be back in 2024. Somebody else, like you say, like-minded may be uh, running, but I, I really don't believe that it's Trump. You know, I could be wrong. I've been wrong on a few things uh, with the election. But, you know, right now, Trump is in meltdown. He, he hasn't came out of meltdown yet. You know, he's angry, firing people. You know, he's hiring people, like, basically for a temp job because they aren't going to have this job for, what, uh, about two months now uh, when the new when the new administration comes in, but you know, it's just, uh, he likes to get back at people, you know, regardless of, he'll cut off his nose to spite his face. Uh, that's the way I feel about him. And the thing about prison, I know people are saying that Trump's gonna go to prison. I doubt it. I don't think he'll go to prison for two reasons. One, can you imagine if he goes to prison, it's not going to be like prison like we think of where he's hitting a rock with a big old piece of metal and just going bam and bam. No, he's going to have secret service protection, like Will said, for life. If he even goes to prison, which I doubt, it's going to be some high class thing that he'll do for two weeks and then they'll be in there with him. I don't even think the Biden administration goes, I mean, they're not going to pardon him, but I don't think that that case that he has in New York is going to go very far. Maybe that's just me kind of being pet pessimistic, but I can't see him going to prison. Not to say he doesn't deserve to go to prison because he definitely deserves it, but I just can't see, okay, we got this one guy and here's 24 Secret Service people in prison with him <laughs> because he has to have protection. He's a former president. Unless they well, strip him of his presidential honors. If they strip him of his presidential honors, yeah, that's no true. Service. 
That is it true. They could do that. I forgot it. about that part. It doesn't make a difference if he goes to prison or not. I'm just saying the, the legal issues that going to be carried on uh, in the next four years, that will have an impact on somebody's ability to run for president. You know, I mean, even Clinton, uh, you know, uh, supposedly announcing that she was under investigation supposedly impacted the uh, 2016 election. Uh, you just don't want to put your money on somebody who just has all these legal problems going on because you don't well, know how somebody yeah maybe somebody else but trump had all these legal problems going in he had 20 something accusers within a couple of weeks after the election he had um the, or maybe a couple of months after the election he had the stormy daniels nonsense going on he was impeached and they still threw all the money and resources behind him so i agree with you anybody else but trump He's got some kind of magical hold on these cultists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these he does. That really. follow him. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, the next topic I want to move on to, and again, everybody keep their cameras close because I'm still having trouble hearing. Um, did anyone catch the Mega Million March that, that was broadcasted Saturday? I got to see a very little bit. And I'm telling you what, at first I thought it was a comedy show. So <laughs> apparently... Um, these Trump supporters all got together and it was supposed to be a million of them and they um, protested the election results in D.C. Wasn't close to a million. But some of the things I heard, I have never laughed so hard in my entire life. So I want to thank them for giving me a comedy show that I could <laughs> seriously enjoy. The problem is there's, and I think we've all alluded to this before, there are so many of his supporters that if he tells them that the sky is purple, that sky is purple no matter how many times you say it's blue, it's blue. How can anyone, whether it's Biden, Harris, Obama, whomever, get past that? Is it going to be results driven or is it just, they're just a lost cause? I wanna get everybody's thoughts on that. I don't think it's a lost cause. I think it's, I think it begins with us. And that's why I said at the beginning, I mean, we can keep talking about Trump and we keep talking about everything he's done and the horrible things he's done and what he might do in the future and what his kids might do in the future. And if we just can't get off of that, then Biden's going to be drugged down by the past versus what he needs to do focused ahead. He's got a big enough job. I mean, I hear complaints about Biden not being doing enough and he hasn't even announced his cabinet yet. I mean, we've got to give the guy a chance and I'm coming from a progressive green party position. And I'm saying, you know, we ran our candidate, he got beat, and now we need to try to help Biden get through this and Harris get through this. And I don't want to see what happened with Obama, where after his inauguration, McConnell and Graham go across the street in a restaurant and they devise a way to make him fail. Now, we could have and should have done more for Obama those first few years. We had control of the Senate. We had control of the House. We had control of the White House. And we squandered it because we fought a lot. And we fought about him going too far left and too far right and too far in the middle. And we wasted two years, and then we lost that. Um, we lost the, the Senate. We can do the same thing again. Well, we can really look at the fact that he has got so many monumental problems. If you look at just the economy, if you just look at the virus, if you look at how we're going to distribute 
with the vaccine when it comes out. We have got so many things we can talk about. And it begins with us. I think we need to stop talking about Trump. Trump gets attention because people give it to him. I saw that march and I turned off the TV. The interviews they were conducting with individuals in that march, I agree with you, Stacey. It was a comedy routine. It is a joke. And we can continue to laugh at the joke or ignore the joke. And I think we need just to settle our scores, say, right now, Biden's the guy that can get us out of this. If he can't, if he doesn't, then let's do the criticism and let's do the changing. But at least, you know, can we at least let him get in office, set up his cabinet and give him maybe 30 or 60 days to try before we start saying it's not going to work? His downfall, I think, will be us, not the Trump supporters. Okay, Will, you're up next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as far as what Joe Biden has got to do, it's basically down to what he really does have to do versus what he said he's going to do. Um, There's already been a lot of talk, at least what I've seen, when he went through and gave the promise that he was not going to do a nationwide shutdown. Now we're in a nationwide shutdown. Um, Now that a lot of that could be construed as being out of his control because, you know, you don't control a virus normally and you definitely don't control a lot of people with what they will or will not do. Uh, I think that idea is going to be key for his presidency and it's going to be what he can convince people to do versus what he can just tell them to do. Um, that seems to be the big issue a lot of people have with the presidency right now is accumulated power to the such to the point that people are having literal mental breakdowns over whether one person gets that reins of that power versus the other because they're worried that someone is going to use that power against them when the office never was supposed to have that much power in the first place. Um, The problem is once it now has that power, no one can think of the possibility of removing that power back to what it was. Uh, Be that as it may, for Biden to really go through and do well, I think we, he is going to need a lot of support. He is going to need a make sure that he stays on a clear message and that he does not switch back and forth uh, like he's already starting to show doing. He needs to make sure that if he says he's going to do something, he follows through with it to the best of his ability. But that's really all people want him to do in the first place. That's what they expect of a leader of a nation of our stature. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I agree with that, that he needs to figure out what he wants to do and stick to it. But he needs to make sure he has the support to do it. You know, it's like everybody is on a different page. So nothing's getting better around here. It just keeps getting worse because nobody's doing the same thing and you can't figure out what's working and what's not working. You know, you can, he can make some uh, decisions unpopular that uh, he has to put some teeth into. You know, what are you willing to do if, if 
uh, people don't comply. If you're not willing to take action against people not complying with them, then you're wasting your time and looking foolish doing them. You know, uh, a city can set set a, a speed limit, and it doesn't make a difference uh, how the people feel. You know, it's if they disobey that speed limit is consequences to pay. Well, you know, he needs to take leadership and get everybody on the same page. Everybody needs to sit down and come to be on the same pages because uh, I guess he needs to talk to these governors and these governors need to talk to the leaders on down in their state and make sure that everybody's gonna do the same thing and then come out with something nationally that we're on the same page. I mean, cause he has to fight this virus, you know, the way this virus is going, everybody's gonna have it here pretty soon. You know, it's going up, it's getting near 200,000 people a day that are finding out they have a virus and still a thousand, over a thousand people a day are dying from the virus. And you got a president who hasn't did anything since uh, pretty much day one of when this virus hit, except, you know, be leaderless. So like I say, he, you can't, he can't be like Trump and try to make unilateral decisions saying, you know, well, this place should open up or, or whatever, you know, without consulting the, uh, everybody to make sure, like we say, we're on the same page. And that's why we're, where we're at today. Okay, Talisha, go ahead. Okay, so I do live in DC. So we were right up the street from the march. Um, we stayed home because we don't want to deal with that madness. Uh, I caught a little bit of footage and it showed, uh, depending on where you looked on social media, you know, it was a lot of right wingers claiming Antifa did stuff and then a lot of people claiming right wingers were doing stuff. Um, there's three sides to the truth. Uh, mostly you always hear about right wing extremists being the violent ones. So I took that with a grain of salt, what Antifa was doing. I knew at the end of the night, a police officer was harmed and a protester was stabbed. So God willing, you know, we will get our country back under control. That is one of the good things I can say about Joe Biden is because he wants to bring America together. I don't know how easy it's going to be. It's probably going to be an uphill battle. And one of the ways to possibly start doing that is to find things that we all as a country can agree on. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. We all as a country agree that, um, you know, our medical situation sucks and our financial situation sucks. And so those need to be addressed. And the best way to do that would definitely be to get input from everyone across the board. But that also means don't ignore the base that got you there and then start trying to reach across the aisle to the portion of the country that didn't want to hear anything you had to say. That's not to say don't reach across to them, but don't reach out to them in lieu of your base because your base puts you there and they're probably nine times out of 10 going to try to put you back. Now, last time I checked, Republicans do not want Republican light. They want Republicans. 
uh, Trump was definitely different to where if it was a certain Republican, they didn't want that type of Republican representing them, but they still voted down the ticket for Republican ballots. So it would behoove him to listen to his base, especially the people that put him where he is, find out where the greatest need in this country is. He needs to put his finger on the pulse of this country and find out where we're hurting the most so that he can have a successful presidency. Because if he comes back in there catering to the rich, doing what the donors want, ignoring the needs of the American people. He will not have a job in four years and neither will Kamala. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because, um, you know, um, this is where the transition team, this is where the acknowledgement of, uh, you know, losing is so important because that transition time is really important so that the next administration can hit the ground running and they're still not being able to get intelligence. They haven't been given any intelligence from anybody yet. I know there was some um, grumblings that um, from someone that said, if Trump didn't do anything, he was gonna step in, but I haven't heard anything about that yet. And I don't know, um, you know how that's going to go because I, I, I don't see Trump conceding any time within the future and how much of a hindrance that's going to be. So I'm hopeful that they'll make the necessary transitions. But I did want to talk about something else. Um, and that's our need for a stimulus. Now, I don't know how you all feel about a stimulus. I feel like we definitely need more than $1,200 uh, for a stimulus. I think it should be around $2,500. That's just my opinion. I know that's just mine. But I wanted to address it because we still have the people of Kentucky reelecting Mitch McConnell, who stated just the other day that he doesn't see a need for a stimulus. And then that made me think of how important that race in Georgia is going to be. If we can get at least a 40, or I keep saying 49-49 tie, but a tie, that will give at least the Harris team a vote, um, the tiebreaker vote. But if he stays as a majority leader, I don't know how does Joe Biden, in your guys' opinion, work with them if they're the majority? Because I don't think, I think this will just be a repeat of the whole Obama administration if, if um, they don't pick up the one seat. I know Warnock has a better chance of beating, I can't think of that lady's name, but the one that said all lives matter, um, her, I'll just call her the all lives matter lady. Um, <laughs> Kelly Loeffler. Thank you, that's her name, Loeffler. Um, I think he has a better chance. I'm not sure about Ossoff. Um, he was, I think he was getting beat by like 10,000, 20,000 votes. So I'm not sure if he'll win. But I want you guys to talk about um, the importance of that Senate seat, because without that majority, I don't see what Biden is going to be able to get done. Because right now there's about, about 50 or 60 bills that are still sitting in the Senate that Mitch McConnell still won't bring to a hearing. So I want you all to talk about the importance of actually the Democrats getting those seats and then what happens if they don't. So anybody can jump in on this one. And Talisha, put your camera just a tad closer because I still couldn't hear you. Hopefully that uh, Stacey Abrams is really working hard again 
on delivering Georgia again, because if, if she does, they should give her any job in the administration that she wants other than president or vice president. Uh, you know, I mean, Georgia was a surprise to me uh, going for for Biden and, you know, maybe it'll be a surprise for these uh, two seats. So hopefully uh, I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but uh, if he, if the GOP uh, keeps one, at least one of the seats, then uh, it's still gonna be uh, uh, a problem, or if they keep both the seats, well, it's still going to be a problem. You know, Joe uh, Joe would have to compromise more than he would if the Democrats get the seat, two seats than he would if they don't get the two seats. So as far as stimulus, yeah, they need to the place needs to go into lockdown again, because that was the only time when the virus was really coming under control. And soon as uh, they came out of the lockdown, and especially around the holiday times, and people started getting together and acting stupid, then, you know, the, the numbers have been on the rise, and they've been continually on the rise ever since then. Uh, I don't know, you know, how much is enough uh, and what all can be done because, you know, maybe it can be safely done. If, but like I say, everybody has to be on the same page to get it done. You know, if, if, if a place doesn't need to be open, then don't open it. You know, a fit gym doesn't need to be open. Uh, a movie theater does, a entertainment doesn't have to be open. You know, it just essential things that people need to get and get back home and maybe, you know, we'll get this thing uh, slowed down, possibly stopped and, you know, can quarantine and uh, start getting people treated. I don't know how, this, if this vaccine is really working or, I mean, they're rushing it through so quick, you know, I'm not gonna be the first one to jump in line to, to take it. Uh, so, you know, it, I guess, you know, I guess you have to take one thing at a time and dealing with this virus is the first thing that needs to be done. Okay, Randy, you look like you wanted to say something. I think, I mean, this is gonna be the Biden presidency. What happens in Georgia will determine whether it's gonna be a success or not. If we lose those seats, um, he's gonna have a very hard time getting his agenda through. And we're gonna see what he's made of. We have to get a stimulus package. There are too many people being hurt so badly in my community, people are still losing their jobs, losing their homes, losing their health care. You can't let millions and millions of people be on the street and be back in Washington squabbling over, you know, the, the nonsense that they talk about. And that's quite frankly, one of the reasons why the Republicans aren't calling on Trump to 
uh, can see is they're afraid he won't help out in Georgia. So the Georgia races will determine you know, how hard or how successful he's going to be. And my guess is by the end of March, you're going to see what kind of president he's going to be. Is he going to be tough? Is he going to say, okay, we lose the Georgia seats. We're in the minority in the Senate. And he still you know, kicks ass and gets the votes that he needs. Now, according to him and everyone who knows him, that's his strength. He's been there. They know him. If anybody can do it, he's probably the one. But if he can't, you're going to see the most unpopular president after about 90 days we've ever seen in our country because he won't be able to get it done, which is, again, why it, it's us, not them, that needs to get this done. We need to win those Georgia seats. And I have confidence that we can. I never thought we'd get Georgia where we're at right now. The fact we're in a runoff is tremendous. But this, when I started doubting whether Biden has the progressive side of him that I hope he's got, this will tell me if he doesn't get a stimulus package passed, if he lets millions and millions of people on the street and can't get it done, then he's, he's given us our answer and it's going to it's going to taint his entire presidency. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that totally because I, when I, when I, when I hear Mitch McConnell say, you know, he doesn't see a need for a stimulus, I wonder how is it that he keeps getting reelected? How do you look at the face of an American that doesn't have a job, that's lost their job, that's lost their health care and say, I don't see a need for a stimulus. You're getting paid. You have health care. You have guaranteed health care, as a matter of fact. I don't know where that, and it's not just him. There's other Republicans also that seem to be guilty of that whole, I don't know if you call it displacement, where they take, well, I got mine, so, oh, well, you can't get yours. I, 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 wish, I wish the people of Kentucky would just rise up, kick him out of office, and let's just get rid of him. Oh, and Lindsey Graham, too. But um, I, I just don't understand it, and I, I, I'm with you, Randy. I'm hopeful that even though I, I did not vote for Biden, I was not going to under any circumstance that he can get more done than Trump. I mean, do I think he could be a better president than Trump? Absolutely. Absolutely, positively. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I think at this point, I could be a better president than Trump. And I know literally nothing. I know literally nothing. I have no background, no anything in politics. I'm like, pretty sure I could handle this whole stimulus better. Um, but I did want to talk about next some good news in terms of the um, virus. And Charles, you brought it up. Actually, there's a report by the group called, or the pharmacy company called, and I hope I get this right, Minerna, that they've developed a vaccine that's 95% effective. Now, of course, they don't expect it to come out tomorrow or anytime soon. They expect it to be rolled out by summer or fall. But if that's rolled out and tested properly, how easy do you think it's going to be to convince Americans that they should take it? Well, you know, I wonder what the, the parameters were set up because I don't think vaccines come out this quick. And to say it's 95% effective, you know, well, did it go through the, the standard test that viruses go through? Or this is the emergency rapid deployment test that it goes through. Uh, 
I, like I say, I don't know. And, and, and until I know, I'm not going to be the first one in line to try to, to, to take this thing. Uh, so I'll it's currently in a trial phase. Yes, yeah, in the trial phase. Yeah, that's it's what I was going to say. It's in the trial phase. phase. And they've tested roughly about uh, 180 people, 90 with placebo, 90 uh, with the actual vaccine. Out of the 90 with the placebo, I think like 95 in all, mostly 90 with the placebo, got the actual vaccine or got the got COVID, right? 5% of that got the actual vaccine got COVID as well. However, um, theirs is less severe than the 90 that didn't have it. Apparently, they have to have about uh, 150 either percent or people more to do this trial before they can actually um, get it authorized for emergency uh, or emergency rollout, right? So, however, they were projecting it was going to be about a good five, six months down the line before they would have that extra 150 percent. But because we are, like you said, Charles, getting it what more and more, like uh, the numbers have gone up exponentially, they anticipated it was going to be about two weeks before they're ready to qualify for the hundred, uh, the the uh, emergency rollout. Yeah, but do you think that it's going to be like if I'm if I'm on the right side of things, politically right, and I've been hearing, oh, this virus is a hoax; it doesn't exist. How able? How is how is someone going to convince me that I should go take this virus that's been tested within two weeks? If well, quite frankly, both the right and the left are not cool with this. And can y'all hear me a little better? I thought I found that my microphone was under my shirt. Yes, I, I <laughs> can hear you. Can hear me. Perfect. So what it turns out is both us, both sides of the fence aren't trusting it. Us not trusting it because Trump is Trump's is falling under Trump's regime. And then um the right not trusting it because it's a hoax, right? Well, at least this new company, the Moderna, this is partially um, overseen by Dr. Fauci's group. Now, I personally trust Dr. Fauci. I have a little issue with him in the beginning that he said something about, no, we don't need masks right now to free it up for medical. And it really turned out they need, they knew we could use the masks and they were effective, but I'm willing to forgive him that <laughs> because medical needed those masks. Um, so it, it gives me a little more comfort, but I'm with Charles. It's going to need to be some more tests and some more rollouts before I even touch it. Maybe after the fourth or fifth uh, yeah, run. I'm, yeah, because I'm probably, I'm probably one of the people who I would be that would get uh, early access to it just due to my medical underlying conditions. So I would probably have an early choice. And honestly, I'm not sure. I talked to my doctor about it last week, and she's not sure. And she said, let's look at the tests. Let's look at the science. Let's not you know, deal with the propaganda out there. And she says, you know, if I feel good about it, I'll have you take it. If I don't, I'll have you wait. So, I mean, that doubt is out there, even among people like myself who are on the left, who are just saying what Trump, what Trump has cost us so much, I think, in his administration is just for people like me who usually would give government bureaucracy a benefit of the doubt. I never really thought, I thought politicians would lie to me. I really thought the underlying people who actually did the work did the science wouldn't and i've had my doubts now so he's hurt he did hurt institutions he did hurt the people like me who used to trust and now don't and that and that's going to come at a cost too so i'm going to wait and see too i it just seems like it's come so fast and maybe that's good maybe we've progressed so much that we can do it faster now 
Um, I'm just not entirely convinced I want somebody shooting me with it right now. Yep, and I'm in one of those medically underlying, um, I have a medical condition also, and I'm like, I'm wondering, like, um, and I'm working from home now, are they going to, you know, make us take the virus before we can return to the office? Are they going to make yeah. us take the virus? You know, how far is this going to go? Well, have have any of y'all caught the virus? No. I have not. Has any of no. y'all had a vaccine? No. Well, so, they haven't well, had the vaccine you know, out for me to have it, so no. A vaccine is preventing you from getting a virus when maybe your body, uh, something in your body allows you not to get this virus. You I don't know, think so much uh, that. I think I've honored. I think I've honored the safety protocol. This vaccine is really working because it it it. It hasn't really gone through a, a strenuous test. Um, I mean, the 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 vaccine I understand is to pre prevent you from getting the virus. It doesn't cure you after you get the virus because there's no cure for a virus. At least that's what I was taught in medical school that a virus has to run its course. Uh, so. You know, you could give somebody a a test and expose them to the virus, and it doesn't mean that I'm sorry, give them the vaccine and expose them to the virus. It doesn't mean that the vaccine prevented them from getting the virus. It just meant that they didn't get the virus, regardless of if it was their body doing what it needed to do or if it was vaccine itself uh well if you look at i'm not sure of like like trump i don't believe you know you walked in the hospital like uh you were going to your deathbed and in two days you're cured of this virus you know that to me that was that was fake news okay i still don't believe he had the virus meanwhile you got somebody like chris christie he was in ICU for what about a couple of weeks, uh, trying to deal with it. So, you know, it's but look what look what happened when they did the polio uh, or vaccine. It was incredibly successful when they when they brought it out, and millions of people got the vaccination. And then there was a bad batch that was uh, produced in California. It circulated around the country, and you had a whole bunch of people being exposed to polio. And then the panic came out saying that the um, antibody wasn't any good. And so they went through another series of months trying to convince the American people that one batch in California was distributed by mistake. We don't know that if something like that's not going to happen. The government so far has not shown that they can run these things perfect. If you look at how long it took them to say, oh, we can test every American you know, within a day when they couldn't get it within weeks, how do we know we're not going to be dealing with the same kind of thing? With, with this, um, you know, there are talks about one of the vaccinations has to be refrigerated at the North Pole before it stays effective, and they don't have enough refrigerators to do that. I mean, we've got things down the line that I'm not convinced our government's competent enough to do, do it well, and not have something like what happened with polio, where there's a mistake, and you've all of a sudden exposed 
you know, millions of people to the virus. And so from my standpoint, that's what I'm thinking. What if, if, what if mistakes are made and in trying to get this, I end up just being exposed to the virus where I've been healthy so far because I've really, I've really done what you're supposed to do. I've stayed inside. I've worn masks. I have to go out. I don't have people I don't know coming in to see me. You know, we're going to have a very small Thanksgiving. We've done what we were supposed to do. And so far it's paid off. Do I want to stop that and take a risk now with this? Like I said, I don't know. My, my doctor will be the final word as far as what I end up doing. Yep. So um, um, I thought, William, were you trying to say something there? Because I th saw you take your mic off of mute. I have to, I'm going to get used to this again. A <laughs> um, couple different things. One, the stimulus. Uh, the big question is whether the people that receive the stimulus can afford to get it. One thing a lot of people don't realize about the stimulus, the last check that they did was that it was not free money. It was not a grant. It was not a benefit. It was an advance on your tax return next year. So for those people that got the stimulus check, they're going to go through and say, here's your return. We're not a knockoff 1250 from that. If you only were going to get 800, you owe $450 in taxes now. Um, if they do that again, for a lot of people, particularly those that have been hit hardest and are now unemployed, I mean, what, the 8 million in the last couple months, that's not going to be a tenable situation. And I think that if there is going to be another stimulus check, they really need to sit close and look at what the terms of that is going to be. If they're going to be just basically another, we'll just do, dip into your tax return next year, that's not going to fly. And hopefully people will be able to <clears throat> look at that and respond to that before saying, oh, I got another 1250 I'm happy. Now, Two questions, though, on that. One, I and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I thought that money did not well, didn't have anything to do with the tax return. And second, do you really think twelve hundred dollars is really enough? Because if you start talking about rent, rent, medicines, transport, that's not nearly enough. I mean, I get what you're saying, get what you're saying, but if you think about the welfare that Congress or the Senate gave to corporations who ended up laying people off anyway. I can't we get part of that also? I guess that's my question for you. And you can answer anytime no. you want. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. Yeah, because um, I'm like $1,200. Yeah. I mean, it's just me by myself. I don't have any children. I don't have a spouse. That $1,200 went, by the time I paid my rent and my utility, it was gone. I'm like, oh, okay. I have to say, working. I've got to interject on this because that's just not true. That stimulus check goes down as income. And so the $1,200, whatever people got, they got a $1,200 check, which we listed on the return as income, out of the income loss that they had of thousands and thousands of dollars. They end up owing less income tax this year because they had no income. Yeah, they didn't. So, have, that's so what the, I thought, I, too. I so thought the, idea, the idea that they're going to take it off the return. They won't have a tax return money coming in because they made no money. Yeah, because they're not working. That's what not, I thought. I was I mean, like, wait. There is just no way. I mean, if it, 
I don't know anyone who got a stimulus check that needed it, that $1,200 even came close. For it most didn't. people, for most people, it was a month's rent or mortgage payment and maybe some groceries and that's it. So the fact that somebody's making money on the stimulus just is not a valid argument. Yeah, I wonder who that person is because I, I got my check and I was like, okay, well, this two months rent car payment and it's gone. Okay, it was nice to see you. That I think that check stayed in my account for what two hours and 45 minutes and I'm working. Yeah. Like I worked from home, thank goodness. So I had a job to kind of keep me. But there's, I mean, my sister is a school teacher and she didn't have a job. Period to go to. She was getting, she was getting that unemployment plus the stimulus. And when our Senate said, "Oh, okay, we're gonna um, not give you the unemployment now," thank goodness her school opened back up. But well, she was struggling there for about a couple of minutes. I'm like, girl, you might want to come on back home because mm, she lives in New York, so cost of living, but. Those are the type of things that Americans are dealing with. There's so many people that just don't have enough um, to live by. And I know, Talisha, you said that you had to be running along soon. So did you have something you wanted to add before you go? Because we got two more topics to cover. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you, guys. Um, I, I love this dialogue. Thank you so much for having me. Um, let's double check that stimulus thing. I do recall implicitly hearing after uh, the first stimulus or the only stimulus went out that it was free and clear. It was not to be taken out of your taxes. It was not supposed to count against you whatsoever. That's also why the Republicans are causing such a big grief about doing another stimulus package because it's gonna mess with our deficit. So if it was already, if it was anticipated to be repaid, they wouldn't care about deficits and they would have automatically off the break um, given it, I, I would imagine, maybe. Uh, they definitely had no problem sinking trillions into corporations, but I really think it was free and clear and we can all do our own research and come back and have a dissertation next Monday, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was paid in full. Yeah, I was pretty sure it was too. That's why I was like, well, wait a minute. It I was. thought it was clear. You, I thank you guys for having me. You're welcome. Right. Thank you. And you'll do you your segment next week and I'll make the big announcement after this show. So you'll see it on the replay on Friday. Wonderful. Thank you guys. Thank Bye -bye. you. Have a good Bye -bye. one. Bye. Bye. All right. Okay. Randy, but, but Tracy, Randy this is I appreciate that. You're, you're right. It is a tax credit. No, it's, it's a not. tax credit. It is not. Well, this is no. what this is. This is the only part of this stimulus package that angers me. Okay. This is the ugliest part of the debate of when the rich, who have absolutely no idea what it's like to be poor and not to have money, will stand there and tell people who don't, if we give you unemployment, it's going to teach you not to work. So we don't want to give it to you. We don't want to give you a stimulus check because, oh my God, it's going to come out of your tax return. They won't have a tax return refund because they're making no money. Yeah, they're not working. And if anyone thinks if anyone thinks that twelve hundred dollars is going to support a family anywhere in this country, and that's somehow going to be a surplus or something that's going to be so beneficial we can't do it again, isn't being honest with people they're talking to. Yeah, and, or, and I'll or, give Nancy Pelosi credit for this because I don't give her credit for a lot of things because I was upset that she won her reelection, but that's just me. She did come out. Her and the Congress did come out with an almost $3 trillion stimulus. Yes, she did. Um, again, 
Mitch McConnell because he's just so lovely <laughs> that he's just going to let it sit there. No debate, no anything. And I think, you know, I think it's time for us as citizens everywhere to speak up and say, okay, you're giving this Hitly little $1,200, and I agree with Bernie, it should be more like $2,000. Maybe I said $2,500 because I'm like, well, what can you pay for with $2,000? Nothing. But I say $2,500. That's just me. But for him to just, again, say he didn't see the need for a stimulus, it encourages people not to work. He's not working. He's literally not working for the people who elected him. If you literally look at what he's done, he hasn't advanced any bills except for the ones that Trump has told him. And I can think of all two of them because there's only really two things. If it's not a Supreme Court justice that they want to shove through, he just does nothing. And I'm, I'm just so hopeful that that Georgia race will turn out the way that I think it should because if you didn't think I dislike Trump, McConnell is who I dislike more than Trump. I mean, he's like right at the top of my please take him down list. I can't with that guy at all. But eventually we have eventually we have to ask the question, what are we going to do? Are we going to let families pour out on the streets with no homes, no food, exactly. no health insurance? How long are we going to stand there and say we can't do this because they don't need it? How long are we going to watch people go on the street without any help? And eventually McConnell is going to have to either eat it or pass it. Because I don't think, you know, there are revolutions that occur in democracies. And if you start seeing widespread homelessness in this country, how long do you think it would take before people say enough's enough? I want something done. And then McConnell can't be strong enough. I don't care what he says. And the, well, rhetoric, that we're, the rhetoric we're seeing on this is just infuriating. Because once again, it's class warfare. and We've had enough of that. You know, not everybody who got the $1,200 needed the $1,200. I mean, it's what I understood was that if you filed a tax form in 2019 or 2018, you were able to get the uh, that $1,200 stimulus. So if you didn't have a job at that time and didn't file tax form, did did those people get the twelve hundred dollars? I know then I did. The people who did. got the twelve hundred dollars, you didn't file a tax form for two years. I did not okay. file one in two thousand eighteen. I did in two thousand nineteen. So what they had well, me to do was either one of those years that mm. was uh, that was a requirement to file in either one of those years. You get that twelve hundred dollars. And then the people, not everybody who got the $1,200 lost their jobs either, you know? Right. I'm on social security and I got it. It's the assistance that the government doesn't want to provide because they claim that if we keep giving you this uh, monthly assistance, I think it was like $600 a month a or $600 a week that uh, you wouldn't go back to work. It, it was probably cheaper for some people to stay at home. But to me, it seemed like the encouragement would be to stay at home to 
see if this virus would go down, but then people are still out there partying. They want their bars open. Then they want their restaurants open. And then they don't want to be forced to wear masks. And then, you know, then they wonder, why are we where we're at today? Well, they simply, one of the problems is the government, it wasn't a need need test, which it should have been. I was on Social Security. My income has not changed. I didn't need that stimulus check. We used it to help our kids, but they could have left me off. And they would have had they had the mechanisms to put a need base on it. But they announced earlier that they couldn't possibly do that and get it out in time. So they just gave it to everybody. And lots of people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks because it got lost. I mean, it's a mess. So it did help people, but it didn't help them nearly enough. And now they're using that as a reason not to do more, uh, which is typical. I mean, it's. But I guess my question is, did people who didn't file a tax form in either of those years, how were were they able to get that $1,200? Because that, Mm -hmm. you know, I, my understanding was you had to have filed a tax form in 2018 and 2019 to get that $1,200. I'll tell you exactly how it worked because I did not do 18. I did 19 and I had to go back to 18 and do like a, I don't know what they call it, a retro report where I just kind of said, okay, this is my tax return. And then that's when I got my check. So I initially did not file a 2018 until way, way after. Like I filed it even the week. I tell you when I filed it, I filed it the same week that I got my stimulus check. I did not file both years and I still got one. No, I didn't say you had to file both years. Oh, you said either or. Okay, sorry. One one or the other. Yeah, I did one or the other. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to go back and talk about how they're going to handle the <laughs> distribution of coronavirus. They can't even give a check to somebody without making mistakes on it. So we're going to solve the coronavirus. It's the same people. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, think, I think they're not sticking me with a needle oh. until I figure this out. Oh, go ahead. Will. you were trying to say something. No problem. I think the biggest problem is everyone is, is looking to government to come up with some sort of solution or some sort of response. But the big question is, are we looking at the right government? In a lot of cases, healthcare, I'm going to throw that out there. State governments have done a heck of a lot better job than the federal government. Um, Here in Indiana, we've got the HIP and HIP plus programs. A dollar a month gives you medic. It gives you coverage equivalent to Medicare or better. Um, for low-income families or those with, even with or without employment. Federal government keeps saying they can't do that. Well, obviously we can, but it may very well be that at a federal level, that's the wrong level we're looking at. Well, it's not to say that, it, yeah, the state has that right. What, it, what I'm trying to say is, well, let's, let's get on all on the same page and what works for everybody? What is the best plan for everybody? Uh, like I said, you can't just keep doing things different and then expect the best to come out for everybody because it, it shows it's, it's not working, you know? 
we 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 don't want to address poverty in in America. Uh, we haven't addressed poverty in America. If we address poverty in America, yeah, it would probably be healthcare. Uh, everybody would have healthcare because that's part of uh, uh, the problems of poverty. But when you don't want to do that, uh, you know, and you can't say that everything's working fine because you have just thrown away part of your population in, uh, in your equation. I'll say this about though the hip because I work with Medicaid and the Medicaid programs. It does work. I, I have to attest that as a person that was on Medicaid and now have private insurance, if I had to pay for more, more for Medicaid, I absolutely would. I never had problems getting prescriptions. I never had, I think I was paying, like like Will said, I was paying a dollar per month when I wasn't working. So you just pay $12 and one time you're done. However, I think if we look to the states to do it, they still need money to do it. They still need that financial mechanism to support the state running that that healthcare. That and healthcare that, never that healthcare never would have occurred without the Affordable Care Act. It sure would. That that is true because Obama did. Yes, he did that Medicare so, exp, Medicaid took, expansion. Absolutely. Until, until they took the pressure off the system, it never would have worked. And you know, I have a difficult time when tell when people tell me how great our healthcare system works because I'm sitting here fully insured. And I owe the ten that my local hospital ten thousand dollars on all the charges that my great healthcare system doesn't cover. Give me a break. Now, but are you under know. private insurance or state? Private. Oh, okay. Private. Yeah, private insurance stinks. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, we know that. I just but it only stinks. It only stings because the Affordable Care Act was gutted off the mandate. Before exactly. that, before that was fine. So when I hear people say, "Oh, health insurance at the state level is great," yeah, be sick for a while and tell me that. Now, I, I would pre-existing conditions. It seemed like you know this is a a, a a Republican sticking point. I mean, it seemed like they all agree. Well, they want to get rid of pre-existing conditions, and this is really not a good time to get rid that. of. I mean, you might as well say goodbye to it because <laughs> Trump has already put in, and I cannot think of her name. The lady that just got confirmed. It's it's going going gone. Yeah, I mean, you, well, I don't. I, the the way they're talking now, I I really don't think so. Uh, they think it's going to be a five to four vote to keep it, but you know we'll wait and see yeah. because I think see. he's yeah he specifically put her in that position so she could uh, vote against the ACA. He did it on purpose. ACA I don't know. She's got she's got six kids and two have got pre-existing conditions. So we'll see. So maybe I'm hoping I'm wrong. You know, of course, I'm for Medicare for I'm for Medicare for all. That's my number one issue. If you're not for it, you're not getting my vote. But that's how I vote. I don't tell other people how to vote. That's not my thing. But we're coming close to the end. And of course, you know, last week we started this. I want everybody to name their idiot of the week. Charles, I'll start with you. Gee, I can't see anybody topping Trump yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's two weeks in a row. So you, why are you picking Trump again? Uh, the week. Uh, 
because he knows what's at stake and he doesn't seem to care, you know, regardless if you're contesting the election or you're not contesting the election, you know, you, you should still uh, welcome in a transitioning because at some point, you know, uh, the choice is going to be made and either you're going to be there or you're going to leave. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, it's still a guessing game as far as he's concerned, but you know, you don't want to try to get up to speed in 10 days when, or when you had, uh, a couple of months to get up to speed, you know, you're, you're just endangering the, the country. And especially with this COVID that you don't want to do anything with it, you know, well, you should pass it on to somebody else who wants to do something with it. Okay. So Trump wins for you. Okay. Well, now you didn't know about this segment, um, but we did it last week. We named our idiot of the week. And don't name me, but who you think should be the idiot of the week? Oh my, there are so many good. Just pick one. Uh, <laughs> pick one and don't pick me. Thank you. I am gonna go for Pence. Okay. For not, for not doing a better job on handling this preparation for the transition than he could have. He there's a lot of this that he could have uh defused from Trump if he wanted to. I almost wonder if he's trying to make Trump out uh, even worse than he already is so that he can run for 2024. Wow. Okay. That's a unique one. Okay. Um, Randy, who do you pick? I came into tonight thinking I'm not going to name Trump again. I mean, you know, it reminds me when I was in high school where the UCLA basketball team won like 12 national championships and commentators would say, we should just take them off the list. They're so good and just go from number two down and not even consider them as a contender or as a, a number one pick. And Trump's just too obvious. And so I was trying to think of somebody else who comes close to that. You're going to have to help me with this. The, I'm drawing a blank on the name that is press secretary. Oh, um, they call her Barbie. Um, yeah. The one that came out saying when they said, will Trump, will Trump, attend, will Trump attend the inaugural? And she said he has to attend the inaugural since he's going to win the presidency. She's got to rank right up there with the biggest idiot in the country right now. Well, my idiot of the week goes to a group of people. These people were just idiotic with the capital I and idiotic afterwards. It's the Republican Party. I do not know why they continue to baby Trump, to not tell him privately, hey, it's time to get out. You have idiot Mitch McConnell talking about he doesn't see a need for a stimulus. You have idiot uh, Mike Pence, who I was going to name, but I'm naming the entire Republican Party as the idiots of the week. They are just idiots. I, I can't even single out one of them because collectively they're just idiots. So they all by, all by themselves, all together, anybody that serves as a Republican under this administration gets my vote for idiot of the week. That is what I vote. So I want to thank you all for coming. We had such a great, great, great discussion. I definitely look forward to doing this next week. 
And I promised that there would be a huge announcement and I'm going to go ahead and announce it now. This show is actually getting a spinoff show um, that will tape on Saturdays and it's called The Progressive Queens. So it'll be myself and Talisha, who you just met today, along with two other women. And we're going to discuss progressive issues. So look for that in 2021, not 2020, but 2021. So this show will still keep going, but I want to announce that. So I thank you guys for coming. Thank you so much for the great discussion. Remember everybody to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And please support me on Patreon. Thank you all and have a great evening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye thank you, Will. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Charles. That's great. No, we were like, oh, this is me. What we got.